Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists. Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going. As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server. Here you can talk with us and even suggest questions for our guests. Go to patreon.com slash talkinglion to subscribe. We appreciate your support. As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. We're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes, as well as just talking about life. So yeah, come through and you can talk with us. You can make some new friends, share your art, and share your memes. Go to sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Quick announcement. You can now vote for Talking Lion for the 16th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Your vote could get us nominated and we can even win an award for this show. Your support and that recognition would mean the world to us. So please go to podcastawards.com to vote for Talking Lion in the music category. Lastly, our face is on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Pro tip. Patreon supporters of the Honorary Lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. Now back to the show. We recorded this episode with Nate's best friend, David Leone. I've been friends with David for over a decade, and over the years, he's been a trusted source of feedback and honesty that's been invaluable to me. He's had a hand in almost every major decision I've made in my life, and we even named Sleeping Lion and subsequently Talking Lion after him. We thought it would be cool to chat with him and get his perspective on what it's like to be the best friend of an artist, to be a kind of lighthouse to our ever-rocking ship. We had this episode in mind since the start of Talking Lion. It was nice to finally have David in Los Angeles and do it with him. So, without further ado, I'm David Leone and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I uh, I can't believe we actually have you in person on the show. Like, that's actually a little mind-blowing to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, it's been a long time coming. I've wanted to do this for a while. Absolutely. I mean, for people who don't know, you are my best friend. Right. Like, uh, uh, you are one of two. The other one is downstairs one is currently. Down. Yeah. Keeping yourself <laughs> very, very kindly busy. Um, but uh, Luke and David, this is David Leone. It's me. Uh, we named the band and the show, and I guess every subsequent line. Thing. Anything that has a line in it. Anything that right. has a line in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, named it, we named it after you. Yeah. Because your last name is Leone. Right. Um, and we, we made a, a film together uh, when we were in high school where you were asleep on a desk. So I called them Sleep in Line Productions. And then we started the band, and Noah mm-hmm. saw them and liked them. And then here we are. Here we are. 78 years. 78, 78 years. 78 years yeah, later. Yeah, I guess it would be a little problematic if Noah didn't like me. Yeah. Right. Didn't, We'd have a yeah. little bit of an issue naming it after me. Yeah. yeah. We'd have an issue, I think, broadly. Of like, <laughs> yeah. You know, we couldn't hang out or right, like do anything right. fun or like whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think that like one of the things that I think would be really interesting about having you here is that I think that we talk a ton with artists and right. you know and other creatives and stuff but uh you know nobody's doing anything alone i think most of our artist friends have 
uh, a David, have a best friend yeah. who isn't necessarily in music, who, mm-hmm. who can who can, you know, uh, bounce ideas off right. and like talk honestly about like what we're doing without having an actual like stake in like the the game of it. Exactly. You know, I mean, even having you on the podcast, you were the person who I was sending the first episodes to being like, is this at is all this interesting right. to you? Right. Like, is this for, for somebody who's not in music? Do you like this? Mm-hmm. Is it like, so I think one of the things I, I really want to talk to you today about is just like what what our friendships kind of been like, exactly, you know? Yeah. And um, and then I'm going to try to pull at the end, I'm going to try to pull a little bit of the creative juices out of you too. But um, uh, I don't know. Okay. Well now I'm scared, but okay, I guess we'll see I where mean, we go. <laughs> this, this is what you cut. What is what you come here for? <laughs> sign up for yeah. the talking line. We'll pull the juices out. Will you be a pirate who will we'll just wait and, see. <laughs> wait and see? I guess the first question I have is because I know, I know sort of like my memory of our, at the beginning of our friendship. Right. Um, which is that you were very sports oriented, oriented in high school. Yeah. And we both had this mutual friend in Luke and we didn't know really that much. I mean, you knew more about me through Luke. Through than Luke. I, than, yeah. Yeah. So I thought you were a different David. Honestly, right. I thought you were this other like, uh, kid. Well, we, well, that we can we, go down that like, rabbit hole. And we could, and we could. <laughs> if, yeah. I mean, the, the, the long and short is we fought <laughs> when we first became friends. Like when we were first friends, there needed to be there needed to be a couple fights actually before yeah before we laid you know kind of the groundwork well, and, for and, the friendship and we would hang out with Luke and then at one point Luke was like okay I'm not gonna threw us threw us in a room together and yeah was like, get like, along get I along. can't do this yeah. anymore yeah exactly uh, and then I think I think the turning point was when we hung out alone right you know because yeah. I mean yeah there's so much there's so much like story of how we actually wound up becoming like friends but I think that what I'm most curious about right. is like I knew what my first impression of you which I think actually is one of the reasons we did fight when we first yeah, became yeah. friends. Cause I'm like, this is the sports guy. This is like the guy who, yeah. you know, likes the, you know, popular kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't unpopular, but I floated a lot. Right. And so my question is, what was the, what was the vice versa? What was the vice versa? Like, how did you see the music kid in school? Or well, whatever? for me, for me, and I mean, I guess this is kind of a testament cause I was already Luke's friend, but I was, even though I was very much part of the, you know, sports world, whatever, playing three sports a season. I never really jived with like any of those kids. So I didn't really see it. I didn't like you or Luke. I didn't really see like, oh, that's like the music kid. I was just like, oh, that's like my best friend's best friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and like, obviously there was an element. Uh, we're all middle schoolers. I'm not going to act like there was, you know, no, you know, colored glasses at all but like <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah it, 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 for me for me and we're playing shows sort of too right like, yeah exactly well because yeah. i yeah exactly i'd known i'd known of you you were always playing around and I, I would go everywhere luke went right that was my best friend i didn't hang out with you know the guy that played opposite me on the field right. you know what i mean at right, all right so that like that that wasn't my my vibe like i didn't hang out with those people i didn't like them I just like to run around and kick things. Right. <laughs> so like, you know, so like, you know what I mean? Like that was kind of what it was like for me. And my, my mom always talks about this with me is how she, she, you know, not, not so much impressed, but like, just like loves the fact that like you and Luke became my best friends because mm-hmm. of what I, like of what I could have been as a, as a person at that time. And I mean, for me, I mean, once we got past the hurdle of me being extremely like confused by how we, you know, never really like met or like even began a relationship together at all. I thought, um, I think we kind of just hit the ground running really fast because you realized very fast that I wasn't, you know, the sports guy. Well, I, exactly. I, I think, I think you know? also in a lot of ways, um, 
one of the things that's so like that was so sort of fundamental about my relationship with Luke was that he was the guy who would like tell you the things that nobody would tell you. Right. And that's, that is both like (laughs) the the honest truth to your face about like what you're doing, but also like even when we were younger, when we were in second grade, third grade, he was the one who would explain, you know, what like sex was. He was the one who just like, just seemed a little bit, despite being younger than me was older. And so he was the one who I think that like, and still is, always had an idea of what he wanted, knew how to execute it, like didn't let any of the other like stuff get in the way. But I think that by the time you get to high school, like that takes you to a certain point. Right. But I was an emotional little fuck. Like, and I think that where you and I related was we had our like practicality and our plan, like anchor in Luke. Right. We needed somebody to bounce like, Stress, feeling, and emotion, feeling and all that stuff shit. that you have the unex- feeling the unexplainable all off that of stuff, right? Yeah, um, and that's why I think you and I like wound up after. And that was I probably mean, a welcomed weight off of Luke as well. For sure. And, yeah. I, and honestly, I think yeah. it's the reason why we probably fought so much. I remember you and I used to just like, even when we were like capital F friends, we would sometimes just get in the car and just yell at each other just to get it exactly. out of our system. Well, they had exactly. We were so angsty. Well, it, well, yeah, exactly. And I think, I think you know. And that, it was it was sanctioned. We'd be it, like, yeah, like, yeah, we're like, yeah, we're like we're, I'm not mad at you. You're not mad at me. We just need to yell in a car yeah, and drive down drive the street. around. Yeah, and I think and I think that that was like an important thing. And then and, and like kind of goes back to the like kind of personality type that I am, in the sense that like I you know I, I didn't want to be a part of the hyper masculine you know you know group of guys that like didn't know how to like scream about you know what up what upset them what made them angsty or whatever. And I think that was a very good you know dynamic to have especially because we were very distracted by other things emotionally yeah and luke wasn't yeah luke, luke so had like his, he luke did so his, like you know what you know, i mean so like he, we learned later obviously yeah. that luke obviously had his own other stuff but, he, exactly. but we were so vocal about it exactly at the time, for sure um we had to feel a thing and be like i'm feeling this thing it's and get it sucks. out yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it was fester yeah, it was always fester like, of course you were you were part of a trio no i was part of well. a, I, I was part of a couple trios because my my, my <laughs> you moved around a lot i moved around yeah. a lot and people close to me moved around a lot so yeah. i so i had kind of different iterations of trios that i'm varying degrees of still close with like i have like the trio that i started my first band with and then i also have the trio that I started my second band with and then the right. trio they started my third band with. Like yeah. I had like many different eras of friends. Like I don't quite have a friendship analogous to yours that goes back all the way. I have like it's split into like the version. Like, well, the yeah. Well, the thing is, I think it. I think it's still, you know, um, important. Any, anything can be profound in that way. Because I mean, it was hard. To, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was hard to like keep that kind of bond across literal oceans yeah it, it's, you know it's so very, like you know hard. what i mean so yeah especially when you're that young you mentioned something about like your friends in in sports and how you didn't really like vibe right. with them what was funny was like my i was in a band in high school i was in a band throughout middle school and high school and while i was like friendly with them i never really gelled like i never really like hung out with them outside of like when we would practice and a lot of that dynamic started turning into kind of like they you know i was playing and then like i had a drum i had a drummer even though it was supposed to be a band and and i think that in a a lot of ways our talks and like the emotional intelligence that 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 required to have those talks Mm -hmm. is what one made me feel so comfortable 
going to school and being able to relate to people and like being right. able to like because you and you listened and I listened like we learned how to like really fucking listen and that was so important kind of like going into I mean in a lot of ways it's why we have a, a podcast it's just so that we can have the honest conversations we didn't bullshit with each other exactly well, we what, never did well which is like is, that was kind of an issue I get not an issue but like a problem I struggled with was you you, you two were like my world whatever you know what I mean like and that was very much where I felt at home, personality-wise, you know, most comfortable. But then I feel like a lot of what you and Luke did was was like you were the same person all the time. And I had not, I don't want to use the word had to be, but I kind of had to be two different people mm-hmm. a lot. We oh, sort of jokingly would call it David, David and Goliath. Goliath. And, 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 and the thing is, you, you do something, you practice something enough times, you do something enough times, it, it becomes a part of you, right? So I, I kind of, be, I branched off and became two people, like just, you know, throughout being but young. But I think so much of our friendship yeah. was that we would call each other out when we were not being like right. authentic to ourselves. Yeah. And like for you, that was with like the, you know, the the popular kids in school. For, for me, it was with relationships. Right. Like I think that whenever you saw, because I could never tell, whenever I overextended it on a relationship, you were like there to say, you have now given more than right. like you would give anybody. Anybody, right. Like yeah. that's fucked, you mm-hmm. know? And I appreciate that. Like yeah. I think I think that that being able to have those sort of checks, but also again, like be having that kind of like open dialogue, I think is a lot of how we wound up yeah. becoming like because I think no, I think you're a lot more like Luke than like David. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think but I think that in having these like all these ideas of of, of what dynamics can be. I, you know, we I pulled a little bit of I pulled a little David out of you, and you pulled a little Luke out of me. Right. You know, like sure. just of like of I mean, if I may, you know, or yeah. whatever. Like just this idea of like let's. I mean, you and I would argue, yeah, until the wee hours of the evening, just Truly. to like get our get make sure we were comfortable in what we were doing. And yeah. I don't quite remember how it was that you guys met. Was it was it like a roommate situation? Yeah, did, did, yeah. What, was it like was that like a random roommate situation? No, so, no, no, no. So okay, yeah. So you guys can. Yeah. So so we lived. We there was a dorm back in Berkeley called Two Seventy. Rest yeah. in peace. Well, not rest in peace. Still there. No, it's actually no going to burn it down right uh, now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and we we lived on this on the same floor, the fourth floor. But uh, Nate was down the hall, and I had this room that had a second door which had a finicky lock or we would just leave it unlocked so people would just kind of wander in and out of my dorm room that's how i made most of my first friends at school like people would just like walk in because it was right next to the bathroom too. and, so and my, my roommate curious. my roommate went to bed at like 9 p.m and especially with all your equipment you're playing something all the time yeah exactly so people can just kind of come people and just kind of around come in yeah you like jam and yeah just like that's how i just made a bunch of friends early on okay so was, the, the, my room became sort of a de facto communal room for like some people um, well, and that's the thing. My, my my roommates would go to bed at nine o'clock, so I would just like wander, wander in around and just to do work. I mean, we would barely even talk, or occasionally yeah. we'd like jam and stuff. And we were we were friends, but I don't think if you were to ask him or you were to ask me, like, were we close? Yeah, not necessarily. He was just one of many people who was just like, yeah, he's the right. He's on the fourth floor. He's around, like, right? Because everybody was a bit like close because we were all we all hung out. That's right. the, the whole thing of two seventy is like that. Everybody hangs out. That's like it's the hangout sort of dorm building you're kind of starting um, your music journey in a sense even though you've been doing it your whole life kind yeah of, kind of like like mm-hmm. uh, the more like i don't know like a serious part of it well i mean yeah. and the yeah. thing you you were there for like a lot of the for the folk stuff when i was in high school i mean hell we were just talking about right. you, drove, you drove me to pick up i drove like, you to pick up your, ar- your album, my, my album for the first law yeah yeah um for like literally my first record like right. and that but that all was that was all like 
you know, I was kind of doing that stuff and I was right. collaborating with Sam and you remember Donald from right. Coffee Labs. And yeah, we were just sort of, we were all- Everyone had their own project. We were just working on right. stuff. And then when I got to Berkeley, I didn't want to do music. Right. Like I think you remember, like when, yeah. I, when I got to Berkeley, I got really into the film uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. But actually this is, this is another, like you've come in clutch on a phone call like a dozen and a half times because it was when, it was when the night I met Halsey. Right. The night you, I met you, Halsey, you ran. You said you were, we're oh, yeah. and, and I, I, like, I love this story so no, much. But, my... but here's the thing: is like the, the, that's our story, right? But the the thing is, is that that's when I got to the dorm. I, you know, I talked to Halsey. I didn't know who she was. She, you know, gave all this information about breaking into pop music. I was thinking about do I do do I care about pop music at all? Which I had I'd never written, never done, whatever. Right. I didn't know how to produce all of that stuff, and I was in film already, like doing pretty solidly. So all that was sort of swimming in my head. And of course, I get back to the dorm and Noah's working on a beat. And mm-hmm. that, as the myth goes, though, it might have been a couple days later. Right. I and mean, the myth is that it happened right then and there. <laughs> right. It, in actuality, it might have happened a little bit later. But, you know, Noah's making the beat and then we start the project. Right. But a, a kind of crucial part to the story that that I leave out because, you know, it's, it's, it's kind it's of part of your our, origin our story, story. Yeah. Is that that I had to walk home from Cambridge. And for and oh, for phone call. from people yeah. who don't know of uh, the walk from Cambridge back to you know back to two seventy right is about an hour yeah and I was on the phone with you for that entire hour yeah and if I didn't run to your room that night it was be- probably because I was still on the phone with you right right when I was passing by your dorm that makes it sense. could have been that I was on the phone with you and I clocked it while we were on the phone right clocked you that you were making a beat mm. we were sort of talking about. We were talking about everything. We were talking about everything, and we sort of, and you, you told me what happened. Yeah, because you had been a Halsey fan for a while. One of you know, no, my early. girlfriend had been. Yeah, you had, yeah, 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 and you showed me, and it was very early. So this is pre Badlands. I don't know pre Badlands. Pre Badlands. Yeah, pre Badlands. Yeah, yeah, so, the thing is, I didn't, rec- yeah. I didn't necessarily recognize who right. she was, which is why we started right. randomly talking. But I did know her music because, because my girlfriend, like, I didn't know what she looked yeah, like, but I, I knew what exactly. She I remember like, you showed yeah, me a couple times, and and I thought, and I thought it was great, but I remember you. You you felt like this experience was sort of profound. You were kind of trying to talk through if it was. Mm. You were just yeah. like it was, it was. That that was more or less. You know the good like the serious part of the phone call was like, does this mean something? Mm. What is what I just experienced? Does that does that mean something? And now you know obviously I was like yes, it it probably does. Because um, at that point I was yeah. just sort of jumping around or didn't necessarily exactly. know what, what I wanted to to do. Right. I appreciated the conversation so much. Right. Do, I just I'm, I want to pick your brain as much as I can. Like, what do you remember from that night? I don't. The thing is, I, I was d- probably mad. I was manic as shit. I don't remember anything. I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. But you know, do you, I don't remember like many specifics. But what it what it mostly was like a lot of it was like we were kind of talking through like if that was important. What, what you had just experienced, if it was important or not, and clearly it ended up being important. Because I, <laughs> right. I, I don't know if you guys, I'm, I'm assuming you guys got a lot closer. After, I mean, yeah. after no, you were I mean, like, after yeah. you're like, we're doing this thing now. Yeah. Yeah. We're not just like, you know, fucking around with folk, you know. No, I mean, well, so, so yeah. the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that like I, you know, I went on that that folk tour right. that that winter, which is which is which was December into January. And then the Halsey thing happened in April. Yeah. Right. And... I get back from the tour in December and my my folks tell me that they're getting getting divorced, which I immediately come to your you, house. Right. Like I literally like I was like, my parents are like, are you good? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm going to go to David's. I get to your house. I'm just crying on your like in your room for an hour. Right. Like you literally were like, I'm just going to leave you here. I'm like, that's that's, that's probably for the fine. best. Yeah. Well, because I'd already gone through. Yeah. You're like, you're the like family divorce. You're yeah. like, I could say anything or I could <laughs> yeah. just like. 
go. I'm like, you could just go for a second. Right. And I'll, I'll, be like, <laughs> I'll be fine. But the thing is, is that, yeah, I mean, Noah and I were acquaintances and probably would have been acquaintances. Yeah. Like throughout, because similarly, in the same way that I feel like we we were we all became friends out of circumstance, right? Right. Because, you know, I, I became friends with Luke because he was the new kid on the bus. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's just the chaos of the whole system, you know? But I think that, like, Noah and I didn't necessarily know what we would we, get along to the degree right. that we did. Yeah. Because it was. I don't think it's super obvious. I don't think it's super obvious to people now. Yeah, right. You know, like, oh, if, they, if, they, if they didn't know we lived together for seven years, they'd be like, those are two very different those people. Those are two very different people, yeah. But I think it was that I was really inspired by that by that mm-hmm. night. Right. And we were talking about this when we were at the bar the other night, that I think that lucky people... I mean, there's a study that like people who like define right. themselves as lucky are oftentimes paying attention mm. or focusing thing, yeah, on exactly. different things yeah, yeah. more. And I think that it was one of those things where when when I ran into her, you know, I was just paying attention more and, I, and but paying attention to people who I might not have paid attention to right. prior to. And so what's the thing about epiphanies is everything in the periphery coming into focus. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's what we said around the time. Too. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's, that's what made me think. It about. was all it was all bubblers, and so right. you know, and so then Noah and I started working on stuff, and then in, incidentally, we go back, we go back to New York. I'm going through the Katie breakup, right, and like the effects of my parents' divorce with you in New York, and Is Noah's summer, Noah's in Rome, yeah, right. and also so going through a breakup. I'm going to Lighthouse Cafe every day, right. And Skyping Noah. Oh, and I'm sure you were you were jazzed about when he came back and said, you know, we're in the wrong band. Like, we need to be doing this thing. Because you were making beats and just producing just right. for fun. Right, yeah, yeah. Doing stuff. Just... And then when Nate was like, can you, like, do that? But, like, for us? For us. <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with a specific plan of what it could mean. I was just like, like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, like, that actually sounds yeah. like that's that's the thing that I've been missing. I've just been creating kind of aimlessly. And here's, here's someone who's like, oh, I have an idea of what to do with this. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. I'm down for whatever. Yeah. And I mean, that's an identity thing. I <laughs> yeah. think like I'll always have a, pl- like for me, it's always, I, I'm going to have a plan. Right. Whether or not I can back it up with any kind of talent, we will figure that shit out later. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, <laughs> here's the plan. Here's how we execute it, you know? Right, exactly. Like, you know. It might, yeah, it might like sound bad or be whatever, but it's going to, you know, be organized as shit. Yeah. I mean, think about every <laughs> every misadventure you and I have gotten into. Oh, of course. Extremely well planned. <laughs> terribly organized. Terribly organized. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I think, and it's all those little things is because I even think about, you know, that we went to Light, that I was at Lighthouse Cafe mm-hmm, right. when, you know, R.I.P. Lighthouse. R.I.P. Lighthouse. Um, is that it closed? It closed. It closed. Whoa. Heartbreaking. That's horrifying. Um, like when none of us had a chance to like go even look at it, to be honest. I know. So, we didn't so, even like, get to say goodbye. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing <laughs> is like, like Lighthouse was so significant to our friendship because right. We would go with Nicole. That's where you and Nicole like right, met, right, and course, we all became yeah. friends. We all became friends, and mm-hmm. like we would go there every day, uh, like for all subsequent summers. Like we would just go every day. Yeah. But Lighthouse was also parallel the place where Noah and I with Sky became and, closer, right? Yeah. And talk about what our plans were, and mm-hmm. bounce demos along, and send lyrics along, and all that stuff. And now, was that when was that summer also when you were like, if I'm if I'm going to be doing Sleeping Lion, right? I can't be also in this other program. The the, the myth. Is that yes? The truth is that I, I I had just started working with Gene that summer, right? 
and was just starting to get my first film. So when we went back to Berkeley, I had about a year of doing features. Mm -hmm. And it was in the year of doing features and pulling 48 hours on Adderall and, you know, having to do 72 revisions. That's when that's when you were like, that's when I was like, I can't I should, be doing both. Of these I can't be doing yeah. both at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, and and also just like the rhetoric was that if you're if you're gonna do something, you have to give it your everything, right. you know. And I was like, you know, I was ready to make that trade regardless of whether or not anybody asked me, right. which I think was like part of the reason I like eventually needed to go to therapy because like literally it just took somebody to be like, you know, no, nobody's asking you to <laughs> give up hard. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's not work. Like you're going hard <laughs> and it's not working because you're miserable doing it. And I'm right. like, oh. Because I gave up everything for it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my broader question in this is that you are you are a fan of music. Right. I mean, you and Luke were listening to dubstep when before that was like a thing. You right. guys were listening to house music when that was starting to have its reemergence. Like everything right. that I knew about electronic dance music. About electronic dance music, I learned from from you guys. Right. And and in a lot of ways, I we tell this story all the time. Yeah. I don't know if we've told it on the podcast. I don't know if we have. But our first song, You Made Me. It starts in five six, goes to six six, and then drops in four four, and that doesn't mean anything. Whatever, right. and, and it's important that 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 doesn't mean anything to you because we were doing what's called metric modulation, which right. is we were taking the click and doing the math to figure out what those changes right. felt like. But the thing is, is that we we had done the math perfectly on the drop of "You Made Me," mm -hmm. so that it was a perfect consistent tempo throughout. And the change throughout, and we send it to you and Luke. And you I, rem I remember where I was exactly what I was doing. You both were like, <laughs> "No, it doesn't work." <laughs> it doesn't yeah, work. well, well, just as a fan of you know electronic music for so long, and I remember I was in you know I was at University of Connecticut, kind of struggling through like not liking anything about that school at all. <laughs> but yeah, I was in some stupid you know general education course, whatever it was, and I remember I remember getting the I don't, I don't know how I think it was just like finished at that point, or you you kind of were like we need inputs on this now you said yeah. both of us and we 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 damn near instantly really like i i put my put pulled my headphones out of my out of my bag in the middle of class wasn't paying attention <laughs> for the rest of class and and i put them in and and i was like yeah like the, the melody you know you know in of that chorus of the drop was was, was great but i was like it's not it doesn't it doesn't feel right mm -hmm. I, I didn't know the thing is i don't know what that means i don't know what like you know, technically speaking, rhythmically, anything like that, I don't know what that means. But all I knew is that it didn't feel right. Well, and, and that's uh, the thing is, we we uh, but that's what we needed. Exactly, exactly. We we always need a fan. We value, yeah. We value like the, the, there's the philosophy of like take take the note, not the suggestion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody if something doesn't feel right to somebody, you yeah. can't write that off of like oh they don't know music because if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and what wound up being the thing is like we were doing all this like math to get it right, but we didn't stop to think, does it work? And right. what works is that if you're going to have this slower, I mean, because like five, six and six, six has a slower feel mm -hmm. because it's a waltz. It doesn't matter what tempo you drop right. it, drop it in, drop it faster. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that was all we needed to know. So we sent it to both of you. You're like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. We bumped that tempo up by like five or ten or some shit like yeah. that. And it felt awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were like when it became when it like when it became bigger and more impactful. We just bumped it, the tempo. It, exactly. It felt it felt there was better. No, there was no math yeah, to it. Exactly. Like yeah. the thing is, we were getting bogged down in the same way we recently did in our escape room. Right. <laughs> we're getting bogged down by musical 
knowledge. Right. And what you guys reminded us was that at the end of the day, somebody's got to fucking listen to this. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how perfect we get that math if it doesn't feel right. Of course. Yeah. So that that was like a huge sort of that was a huge impact. And uh, I remember also the following summer we sent you like 22 grooves that we were <laughs> right. With. Maybe one of which has been used. Since, right. One of which has been used in You Want to Where? The theme song of Talking Lion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like the only one that's ever, that, right? I think a couple of them. Yeah. We, uh, one we, of them was a Vespertine song. Yeah, one of them became a Vespertine one song. One of them became Medicine by Vespertine. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember being like pretty gung-ho. And I, I think you might have been visiting. We had an Excel spreadsheet. No, 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 no. Noah lived with us for right, a I was summer. Saying, you yeah, might right. have been, been there at, 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 at Nate's house. And I remember, right. and I remember being like really like into like Many of these groups, because you, 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 you sent like I think you sent like twenty or fifteen. Yeah, people, it was right? like it was a crazy like ten number. people. Yeah, and you were like, "All right, give us, give us like 10. And it might have been Molly might have been involved in in yeah, wanting, wanting some yeah, of them yeah. or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I think and think you guys were like, "All right, we have this big list. Give us a vote." And and I voted, and there was some that I like really really vibe with, and others were like I sent that I like this one. You guys were like, "We're not." ever using that I mean the irony is that yeah. was probably the talking lion theme song. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think I think it was that whole process came from this really interesting issue that we had which was not knowing not knowing how we like to write and not being mm. confident in just in trusting our own gut on it right so I think that on the one hand yeah. I like we didn't realize I didn't realize that I prefer to write from scratch as opposed to top line. It's called top lining right. over a beat. Um, so Noah was writing all these ideas and all these grooves, but I just couldn't write over them with because it, it yeah. was just really like kind of messed with me. Right. And it was kind of, it was probably foreign to you at that point. It was just hard to do right. because I was so kind of used to like, I was just writing bullshit. I think right. I was just writing bullshit because mm-hmm. I couldn't like feel out the the rhymes like I wanted to. Like a yeah. sort of, I come up with stuff kind of like a slam poem a little bit. So when it's, when the groove is so firmly set and I can't adjust those things, I get really locked into like stupid A, B shit. Yeah, it was like, yeah. it, was, um, it was like a water filter making the stream of water like extremely slow. Ex- yeah. yeah. It's like, I, here's I, the beat. You have to go through that filter and then mm. it becomes something instead of just writing. Yeah. People are great at top lines, which yeah. is how like, you know, medicine happened. And also right. what was funny was the, those grooves I would revisit. And one of the grooves, which was this like three, four groove. Right. That I was like, it kind of clicked, wound up being the groove for we're fine. Oh, right. Okay. Because we wrote we're fine in four, but this three one worked and unlocked the song for us. So, so in a lot of ways, those grooves have had like these weird. I gotta re-listen to them. Right. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always, I've always wanted to re-listen to them, and I kind of do. We still have the spreadsheet, like we yeah, can yeah, see yeah, which yeah, one we voted for, and everything. That'd be great. But that, but that was the other thing yeah. too, is that um, at the time, Noah and I were having these like crazy discussions. I think you and I were also having similar discussions yeah. about. Well, we were hanging like, out a lot. That yeah, yeah, a lot. We were talking about we were talking about quality versus marketing. The biggest question was about like, does quality matter if your marketing is airtight? If you're in a world where your marketing is capital. P perfect. Right. Like, does the song matter? matter. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a world where your song is capital P perfect, does the marketing matter? Right. And I was firmly of the belief uh, on the marketing, and no, was fir- like, I was of the belief that if the song was perfect, yeah, nobody would know without the marketing. And no was of the belief. That if, if the song's good enough, it doesn't need much traction to get off the ground. Right, that, right. Or if like the song is, people... or if the song is bad, no amount of marketing is gonna right. help that. Exactly. And I think that we wound up kind of realizing that there's no such thing as perfect 
songs or marketing. Yeah. And it's just about these quality balances and these, you well, know, these, these I ideas. I feel like every, every song that becomes ridiculously big, just at least from an outsider's perspective, it's just, it's always this perfect, like unexplainable, perfect storm of like, I mean, obviously, if no, you're not, but if you're, you're not but just you're like right. Kanye releasing an album now. But you're yeah, right. But like, right. it's just yeah. some per- crazy perfect storm of whatever the fuck, and it becomes. No, and that's and, yeah, even like, people <laughs> working in the highest level of the music industry. It's just like it's a, we it's don't a, know. It's a perfect exactly. storm. It's a perfect, it has storm, to be a perfect storm. But yeah. they're all different storms. Exactly. Yeah. One storm's forming on this region, and it's because of those weather biomes. And, <laughs> yeah, like, and there's other storms forming, you know, in in Tulsa for that reason, and those weather biomes, exactly. and it's all just these different storms. Exactly. I, I'll never forget. This was, I think, one of my. I have so many interactions with my grandfather that I love because he's such a smart guy, but also does not mince words. And you know my grandfather, obviously. You know my grandfather, obviously. And uh, I was talking to him about buying a house or like buying a cabin because I want to buy this big bear cabin. And I asked him while we were driving in the car last time I saw him, I said, you know, you have some experience with this. Like, when's the best time to buy a house? (laughs) And my grandfather goes, if I knew that, if you knew that, We'd have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's really good. And and it, but it was this, it true. was actually this really beautiful moment where I realized like like the so much of what anybody does is based on this thing of nobody knows yeah right and nobody is supposed to know and that's what lets these things be dynamic right if we knew what made a hit song if we knew the sort of infinite jest of the thing yeah then the the game would be over yeah nobody everybody would just do the same thing which is interesting because i think what happens once you get that like very organic very like um unperfect like crazy perfect storm of whatever you don't ever get that like you don't ever get that again. Even, Never, when, you're, no. even when, if you're already popular, you have a team, you have ridiculous, when they calculate what to do after that, you might have very popular songs. Well, and then, it's and never the, like as crazy and organic as it was and this, and the first time. If there is a success specifically through a platform, right? when people realize that that platform is driving the success, the saturation takes away the power of the platform. Exactly. So you had it with YouTube virality into Hype Machine, into yeah. Spotify playlisting, okay. into TikTok. TikTok now, yeah. You know, and the thing is, is that it's just these cycles of, success, follow, saturation, right. new thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing is like, there's never going to be a perfect, like there's a perfect yeah. storm on different platforms. Right. But we were even saying like our friends who like blew up on TikTok in 2020, I they didn't know that that was going to be what did it for them when they started their project you know, at Berkeley or whatever, exactly. three yeah, years before, before TikTok, TikTok existed. Was, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about these, yeah, the convection currents, you know, yeah, uh, literally thermodynamics. Right. Yeah. But but to the groove point, you know, like I think we wanted to vote, have this vote system to somehow create like an objective idea of what was. Yeah, good. we were we were focus grouping our music, right? Because we we were we were going through the kind of early growing pains and identity crisis of like. Well, what are we? What we're trying, sound to, like, we're yeah. trying to play to this hype machine platform. There's a lot of different sounds out there. Like I'm the kind of person, and I've definitely found this. Uh, I've gotten a lot more clarity on this as I've gotten older. I'm the kind of person who can make a lot of different types of music. So in an artist project, it's very important to have a focused, clear vision of what stuff sounds like. And I think we were kind of trying to parse through that and right. say like what what kind of flavors and color palettes of music like are the best for us? Yeah. Well, I think exactly. I think we, we wanted our third song to be a hit. Yeah. As opposed to like writing 400 songs and figuring out that like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah, and I think and I think you guys did a good job of that. I, I remember being like kind of part of that process of you guys kind of trying to find your sound. You didn't really know. I mean, definitely. What was going on during that time. 
which has become a very different thing now, right. by the way. Right. In like the best way. Like it used to yeah. be like, do you vibe with this? Uh, yeah. Now it's like, does this feel like it's authentically us to you? Exactly. Like, right. I'll send you a song, which I know is not necessarily what you'll blast in your car, but you're like, this sounds more like you than anything you've done. And, and exactly. Right. And a, a part of what I like about it now is it's not, it's not, I don't think since, you know, maybe like two or three years ago, I've ever, I've ever had the note like this doesn't feel right. Right. Mm-hmm. It always feels right. Yeah. It always feels like you. Like there's never like a drastic change that needs because you guys found it. You know what I mean? Well, and you and always you always have the vision and do it well, and then you, you kind of just like you know. Uh, and we call it Fifty Shades of Great, like which is right. like, yeah. which is tricky. Is like once once you are able to provide a quality to what you do, right. finding what makes it special or what makes it stand mm-hmm. out from other stuff. When you've got fifty demos or whatever, yeah. it's like really really tricky. Which is like the the the, the gang vocals and like we're fine and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I like, mean that's so fantastic. Well, and also it just makes it a no brainer. Like if you you know if I've got a song that has my best friends on it. Or like, or like wine drunk, which you guys are going to record after this. Of course. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. when there's something like that, we call it skin in the game. When there's yeah. something that makes a song special to you, like that's how you know that it might connect because it is authentically something that is so special. Right. And that is, you know, embodies it. And you know, for what's worth a great story on the press release, if we are going to talk about marketing, right. but like when I was starting folk stuff and I showed Luke a song and I'll never forget this because he said, he said he didn't like it, but he said that it was the first time he could listen to it as a song that didn't sound like an amateur song. It right. sounded like a song. And in that, he didn't like it. You know, it wasn't what he would listen to. It wasn't his right. genre or whatever. Again, Luke is a straight shooter. Luke is, yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> but I remember that really resonating with me because I was like, okay, there's the quality gap. We figured out the mm. quality gap. How do we get people to, to like Right. This, you yeah. know, how do we, now that we've closed the quality gap, how do we get people to connect with it? And and that's, I think, the biggest thing is that you can have somebody who loves dance music tear up at a folk song. Right. Like, there's a world where that happens. Uh, yeah. You know, or or a world where you write a folk song, a la Mike Posner. Right. And it becomes a massive house track. Yeah. Exactly. And the song is malleable enough to be able to survive that transformation. The idea and, and the song, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of where my brain went afterwards, which yeah. is just sort of like, it's not about, you know, it's not about like, once you get quality out of the way, right. it's not, and, and marketing even to a degree out of the way, it's about writing something that we can stand behind. Yeah. Cause we were also realizing too, we're not going to put our money and our guns behind a song that we are sick of. Yeah. We are going to pull our punches, whether, whether it's conscious or subconscious. Right. So being able to be like, well, fuck, like, you're on this song. Isabel's on this the song. song. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not pulling my punches on this thing. Here's my budget. Here's everything. Let's go. You right. know? And I, and I was actually going to mention that I think, especially moving to LA, and I'm sure everyone that you've worked with has a similar, like similar progression story in the sense where you like, I didn't know what I was. I found myself. And then like, we found our quality. Right. Maybe not like a, a perfect whatever, but like you found your quality. And I think a lot of the music you guys have released you know, over the past couple of years, it's like has a very like um, like a certain quality because of all the great people you've also worked with. Mm, definitely. Which, and, 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 and I like that I can get, you know, as a fan can get really excited about like, oh, you know, some someone's on this track now, you know, 
you, you I, I wrote with this person today and like I get really excited about that and I think that's like really awesome and I think similarly like whenever I'm not sure where I sit about something I always kind of turn to you guys of like is this cool to you like right. like you know when we work with Lizzie I'm like Lizzie's I mean we love Lizzie we right. you know and we can write with Lizzie forever you know but but it, there's that little extra piece of validation that we know you like her stuff right and, and, I, like, and I know that it's gonna be cool and I, and yeah. I think and I think it, it was it's a bit it was a big difference for me as like seeing you guys progress from like, you know, nothing. Cause I didn't know how LA worked. I didn't know how, you know, writing sessions worked. I don't know how any of that worked. I just know that I knew that it was you guys making everything all the time. Right. right? And then when it became like this thing, which is very much normal here, the collaborative, the collaborative, like kind of like, yeah. And and we're just always writing together all the time. And, you know, any idea is anyone's and let's go off of that. I think is, I think that's great. Pausing the podcast to shout out our sponsor, New Wave. No, I've been drinking coffee my entire life. You know, as a, as a Roman, same. As a New Yorker, absolutely. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. We came out of the womb drinking coffee. Fully caffeinated. And the thing is, is that we're not getting any younger. That's true. And we're not getting any less anxious. Oh, man, that's true, too. I'll say I have loved coffee my whole life, but lately it hasn't really been agreeing with me. How so? Unfortunately, when I drink coffee now, I just start feeling very agitated, very anxious. I've been looking around for alternatives that don't make my heart just beat out of my chest while I'm in the middle of working. And that's how we stumbled upon New Wave. New Wave's Flow State Coffee is an organic ground coffee meant to lower anxiety, improve brain function, and support creativity. With L-theanine and raw cacao, Flow State Coffee is meant to feel like a cup of hot chocolate or tea while giving the energy of coffee. And now, through Talking Lion, you can try a couple cups of your own. If you go to their website, newwave.co, that's N-O-O, wave.co, you can use the code BREWINGLION for 10% off your first order. We hope you get a creative boost and find your flow state. Now, back to the show. Well, I think, um, and I love telling you the stories when I get home. I think my favorite part of of coming home is just like showing all the Mm -hmm. demos to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I never want to like text them to you. I always want to like sit in the room. So I'll come by with like 12 songs and just like show you in a a car ride. And it's great when I know the stories. Yeah. And they're like, this demo is because of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's great because we talk all the time. But I think think one of the, um, one of the, things that we tell a lot of people on the show and and we try to tell people when we're working with them too is that there is this idea that has an agenda that producers capital p producers are people who are running the big studios people who you know are behind the computer and doing all of that Mm -hmm. stuff like and they are you know but throughout history the producers you know in in the the history of music, didn't uh, George Martin didn't know how to use logic, you know, because right. it didn't exist. Right. And and I feel like I f- the thing that we try to tell people, especially artists, especially young artists, is you don't need to be touching the computer, you don't need to be touching the DAW to be a producer. What it means to be a producer is to get the best version of the song, right? And pull whether that's pulling that out of you or pulling that out of the, the producer you're working with, right. and being able to hear what a song could be. And so to that degree, I think genuinely you have a producer's ear and you are a producer. And we, you know, I, I listen, I'm not going to give you uh, royalties because you work a nine to five and you make <laughs> yeah, yeah. sick money and, yeah. and I'm not giving you our cash. But, <laughs> but I think 
you could make a case for yourself. Yeah, I, and think, I, I think you had a, pr- a production role on You Made Me when you told right. us it wasn't right. That's a producer's no. Of course. And I think that there well, are a I lot... Mean, uh, very much, uh, being being a part of it at all is is kind of, you know, enough for me, to be honest, because <laughs> I don't know anything else. Because <laughs> when, you, when you can turn a note into something that great, it's like, definitely doesn't feel, you know, like I did but anything. But what, what I'm playing yeah. at is that there, there are people... Who are good at notes right that's that's me yeah and then there are people who are great at executing notes and that's Noah. Noah. and the thing is is that and i've i've stood by this um and, and i hope you haven't minded that i have over the years but i i stand by that i'm a good producer yeah. even though if you were to put me in front of the computer i wouldn't be able to do what he can do right but i think that like being able to hear a song and in five minutes give three pages of notes yeah or give one good note like i i always have and this is something that that, that he knows like even if I haven't touched the song, even if he started from scratch with somebody or whatever, he knows that the moment he texts me, I have a reference song ready to go. Right. I have an instrument idea ready to go. Yeah. Like there is always for me, I I always have like the the card right. ready to play if if he needs it. Yeah. Like no, or, I'm, I'm 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 honestly so impressed by your brain's ability to come up with notes on literally anything. That's, like whether whether it's like a movie we've just watched or right. a joke, like that's just the way your brain works. Right. It's, it's it's really it's it's awesome. It's because because that's I think what what part of being a producer is and we are a production duo because you know, Noah can come on a project from the beginning, from the middle, from the end. Great. Right. And I can tell an artist is the songwriting getting in the way. Is there right. something that could be improved in the songwriting before you get to production? Is there something that we can lean into in your style or in your references that makes it feel more like yours? Because we can make an EDM track out of your song. Why not? Right. You know what yeah. makes it yours? Exactly. What, what what do you like, and what will you feel connected to? Like I feel like that um, that idea is what makes us producers. Mm-hmm. But I think in a lot of ways too, there are so many people like yourself who right. are so immersed in music, who think, well, maybe I can't do this even on a professional level or whatever because oh well i didn't go to music school i didn't do this or i don't know how how that that note works or that but i think just your ability to be able to hear a song and know what you like and don't like and articulate that right genuinely gives you an ability to do this if 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 you ever so chose exactly and i think it i think it goes why you're my favorite you're my favorite producer to send music to i I mean i mean that like i like Mm-hmm. We, you know, you have your people, yeah. you know, you have whatever. If I need notes on a song, right. I'm not sending it to other producers. other producers. I'm sending it to you, exactly. my favorite producer. Exactly. And I think, and I think that kind of goes back to one of the first points, which was like, I think it's important if you're a musician and I don't want to be, this is not to be preachy or whatever, but like, I think it really is important as a musician to have a friend or many friends that aren't at all part of your life to send your stuff to that are just fans of whatever they might be fans of. Yeah. And to and to just maybe not, you know, have them, you know, completely change your 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 art, but to, you know, give you those notes just to give you be like, this is the emotion that made me feel. This is how I feel. This is how I think it could be good or whatever. Just having a friend that's, you know, outside of your world. I think it, it is important to have that. Well, because your best friend can't exactly. lie to you. Right. Like, I, you know that, like, like, I, I know you well enough. We just played poker last night. Like, I know you well enough that if I send a song that you're not vibing with, you won't ask me about it two months from now. Also, you're not going to, and you're not going to, we're not going to network 
for something else. Like you're not you're, you're not seeing me out you somewhere. Don't, to you don't have a, you don't have an I agenda. Don't have any vested yeah, yeah, yeah. In, interest in anything that goes but on. Even, but even yeah, like, exactly, even if you're being nice, you're like, yeah. yeah, this is this is all right. Like I know when you're fucking with me, like, <laughs> and I know when you like a song too. Because every time we talk about, it, you're like, so remember that song you like did with? Like, so what yeah. happened to that? What one? happened to that <laughs> one? Like, right. can we get that one back? You're yeah, like, yeah. oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That, but that's the thing is like I you know I can genuinely like gauge and of course taste gets into it like I don't right. we don't make EDM anymore right which I don't think was I don't think that was where you guys should have went or we're gonna go no anywhere. we accidentally that, you we accidentally kinda, we did kinda, accidentally I, did that for a second but yeah. you know because it was the hip thing because it was do. yeah it was but hip, but yeah. yeah you guys found what you're trying to do and I think it's yeah. it's a lot better it's <laughs> definitely or. It's better, but it's also just like feels more genuine. Yeah, to you exactly. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think, yeah. I think the, the the biggest part of, about it is that we're now making stuff that, you know, instead of it being like, oh, this is what you're going to hear at like, you know, the next like rave you go to or whatever. Right. Like this is stuff when I send it to you, you're like, OK, you're not lying to yourself. You're not lying to your listeners. Like you're making your stuff. And it's honestly about like the hill that we want to die on. Like When we started, we wanted to do this to the degree of, you know, Zed or like whatever. Yeah. And, and we would make music that sounded like that anyway. But now we're, what we connect to the most is making the music that we listened to when we were driving the car from a feel standpoint. Right. Like that we, you know, that we did feel great. Like what we liked about Zed wasn't that it was EDM. We liked how it felt all of us listening to exactly. it together in a car. And yes, a lot, and exactly. a lot of, and a lot of what's happened and we can, this is, we can, this is not even true for like four or five years ago. Right. A lot of what's happened because there's obviously going to be the niche things all the way on one end of the electro, like electronic music spectrum, you know, and you know niche things on the, you know, other end of the pop music or folk music, whatever. But the kind of lines that blur, because he said like, oh, we don't make EDM anymore, right? Right. A lot, the, a lot of the lines that are blurring stuff now, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it really like doesn't yeah, matter. anything that makes you move, it's dance music, like or it's pop. It doesn't matter anymore. Like it's like. And, and and I think you were a very big part of me being into more so into like, you know, kind of opening up my ears to not be edgy about certain pop music as well. Because well, you were, because you it, were it's definitely, the, iffy, it's, the same it's the same thing, thing. now. I was, it, it, it I, I, it, I remember it, we were driving and I was explaining how, how closer worked. Like not about whether it was good or bad or whatever, exactly. but just what made it work. Right. And I think that was the er more so of like, not the early stages of it, but just like, it, it's all the same thing now in, in, mm -hmm. in a sense, like you say like sound like Zed or whatever th that that doesn't really Zed doesn't even sound that like doesn't Zed really anymore. have yeah. any weight anymore that that yeah. sentence in and of itself and I think that's really interesting because the amount of times that I find myself enjoying something that I, I definitely wouldn't have enjoyed because it's just it all has the same elements as everything that I mm -hmm. enjoy anyway yeah you know what no, I mean exactly. so like it, it's 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 crazy and it's great and and yeah I think that's but I mean, I, th I think I think in a lot of ways too, you are you do wind up finding yourself early to stuff as well, right. just because you are in some of those fringe scenes that wind up getting right, like sort of co-opted by a mainstream or something like that too. Yeah, you know, in the same way that like I thought it was funny, like we were like big fans of uh, Dermot Kennedy, like Paradise is a just great song. like we were fans of his when he was doing like the sort of folky vocoder stuff, mm -hmm. you know, like Boston or whatever, mm -hmm. and then. But then he gets co-opted into Medusa. into Medusa. And right. Medusa, on the one hand, was also a bit fringe, wasn't right. he? Well, weren't they? Well, like, Medusa was. Kind of, Medusa is like an industry plant or something. I don't know. <laughs> like piece of your heart came crazy, out of nowhere. That like was a three, breakaway hit. Exactly. Yeah, like Italian like, guys. They were like went to go find these guys to like make this ridiculous pop house hit, and it's fantastic. And everything yeah. they release is fantastic. Yeah. And it's just like Jesus. 
they feel like aliens or something. I don't know. But but the things you like, you like because you're driving or because you go to right. these shows or whatever. Like we, you know, we like to kind of like cry quietly in our room. Yeah, that's the thing. We, you know? we, don't, we don't make dance music anymore because we don't listen to dance music anymore. Right. Like we we listen to we listen to indie music and folk music and yeah. and very wordy pop culture type music but it's but, but, but yeah. all of it all of it is sort of informing itself because you're right the barriers are breaking down and you can have a house song and a folk song on the same record exactly you know yeah, i mean all of billy and we have, and we have. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's and i think that's what's so interesting about it it's it's all becoming just like you know and and, and i don't know if that's a testament to like fans of music or just people in general just like mm. being more okay not being put into one bowl or whatever but like i think just good music is good music i think it's like because keep in mind we're 25 right so it's people people who are now like having like capital c careers in this mm -hmm. like i would say people who are maybe 10 years older than us still like this applies to being people who are 20 years older than us had to follow a lot more kind of rules to be playing the game because mm -hmm. there was a lot more sort of pressure in all these spaces. But I feel like a lot of these producers now grew up with a lot of the same kind of homogenous iTunes cacophony of different genres. Right. Because, you know, before you kind of had like, oh, well, here's your main, here's the three records we're pushing on the mainstream and here's like the indie side of it. But, but, when we grew up, you had, you know, you can download the Red Hot Chili Peppers um, next to Say Anything and, and right. Under Oath yeah. next to, you know, Britney Skrillex. Spears. And Not next, next to Skrillex, to so yeah. Britney Spears, Spears and then Katy Perry. Right. And your iTunes is this like this crazy collage of stuff. And all of those people are now successful producers. Right. All those people who grew up listening and having all of this like crazy language to work with. Yeah. You know, all of these like like colors and paints and stuff, you know, at their disposal, they're the ones I think breaking down the genre lines because they didn't have genre lines growing up. Of course, the, there were the genre lines of all, you know, okay, now we're listening to pop, now we're listening to rock, now we're listening to pop punk. But if you're just driving your car with your right. phone on shuffle or that your iPod on shuffle, right. you know, you're not clocking. Yeah what genre it is. Exactly. You're just getting it all. And, and you know, somebody like Luke loved jamming out to Bring Me the Horizon right. as much as he liked jamming out to uh, UKF dubstep. Exactly. You know? And I think that, like, that's what informs our shit now. Yeah. You know? Or, you know, Justin Bieber and Skrillex were in a room together and then that's what started it. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. But you're yeah. right, though. I mean, kind of. You're you not are, wrong. You exactly. are right, though. Not yeah, wrong, yeah, yeah, like, you're, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're not, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that record really did a number on all of us. <laughs> I mean, I think it just sent the whole, sent the whole thing sky high. It was, it was the little, it was the fuse. It was the little, the little thing that blew the whole. Well, well yeah. The, what I think was great. What, what I think was great about that was like fans from all walks of music genres saw that happen and were like had almost the exact same reaction. I'm gonna say it could have also been like "Wake Me Up." Yeah. Definitely did did a, a mm. bit of a number. It was definitely a lot of a culmination of everything. I just we'll wanted say to make Taylor a joke. Taylor Swift's "Trouble." <laughs> I mean, yeah, that yeah. is very very valid too. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's these. Yeah, I mean, pop crossovers it, it, is it's been it's been a slow process of right. But again, of, stuff that came out pots. while we were in high school. I don't even necessarily am, am considering part of this movement currently because again we are talking about people our age yeah, yeah. people like phineas mm -hmm. you know who i mean who's obviously a bit younger but like people like phineas people who just grew grew up right doing this and are now in their prime yeah mm -hmm. as producers with all of this 
hodgepodge yeah. stuff. And I you know? and, and as a and as like a very like and you you remember me yeah as, as in high school and and how devoted I was to you know dance music and gatekeepy I might have been but like through you mostly you basically teaching me about you know the pop scene and and, and how you know good music is good music and and when it gets this sort of push around it it gets a lot better it becomes better and I honestly wouldn't have said this years ago but I couldn't be more grateful that people that I followed like Burns and Chami produced you know a, a song with ariana grande and lady gaga like mm. it's fantastic and what? i love it you know what i mean like, I, I, which what? is what i would not have said a long time ago but like the fact that like you know a, that, i think that's that's great uh, what i kind of call i remember i remember this conversation well because one of the things i kind of like really called you out for was this like like have your cake and eat it too kind of thing was right. because i felt you and, and people broadly in sort of edm communities were really like oh i don't want you know Grizz or grammatic or yeah. brass text, whatever. Like we, I don't want them in the mainstream. Like I want, I want to like protect them, and I don't want anybody to find out about them, and I don't want them on the radio and like all those whatever. And I, and, like, and then, and then table that on the other side. You're like, fuck mainstream music. This right. shit sucks. Why is the production so terrible? Like why is there right. no mm-hmm. no like complexity or talent to it? Yeah, and you didn't see the connection and between the two. Indie, exactly. Because I'm think, cause I'm just like, well, if these guys can be informing the mainstream. <laughs> Then they're making money, and the mainstreams gets better, and we're all good. Well, and, yeah. and, 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 and I think <laughs> exactly, and I think I, I like even you know cringe at using the word mainstream anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, because like, like it, it's like it's like you wouldn't use the word mainstream for the ocean. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like everybody thinks that like the music industry is all these sort of like rivers that right. like connect and and you can if you want like build a little dam and that's your little community there but you're in the ocean yeah. like the closest you have to some sort of separation is like a pocket of like warm water right. around an area of cold water or like a little coral reef that's very pretty maybe but like <laughs> by and large like it's the fact that anything it's the fact that brass tracks could accidentally produce chance right it's that like medusa could wind up being on every fucking radio exactly you know it's all of these mm-hmm. like the the chance that it, anything can sort of pop off that is what makes it so special exactly because anything that pops off is informing everybody else we just have this happen with driver's license so you have a song you th- th- this tends to happen every couple of years you have one big ballad right like we right. have the big ballad but right driver's license just passed a billion streams faster than pretty much any song ever has and it's just like i don't think anyone on first listen was just like yeah this is it you know or I mean? any like, like guy in a suit said that that would have happened either yeah exactly yeah, exactly like, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things but now everybody's like you know and we get to see it the, i think the missing piece too is that casual listeners aren't aware of what it what it's like in a room which mm. is when you're in a room i'm not aware of any of that when you're all. in a room so often like you're the artist or you are pulling up like reference music. So if if driver's license is what's happening or you know or if Billie Eilish is what's happening or like yeah, whatever right. then when they're when we're in sessions that's the song that we're playing in the session to kind of get in our ears. Oh, I guess we're writing a ballad today. Oh, I guess we want to get that vocal tone. Oh, I guess we want to get that yeah. that piano. I mean, the whole idea is like steal like an artist, you know, that kind of, you know, that idea that now has everybody up in the air about, you know, misery business and Olivia Rodrigo. Right. But I think, I think, you know, for, for her, right. You know, she's got an older producer. He's pulling up Paramore. Yeah. Yeah. Course, literally. Cause of course, exactly. cause that's what he probably was, you know, kind of grew up listening to and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so again, like, I think that 
what, pe- what people don't realize when a song does really, really well in a mainstream setting, it winds up having an influence directly in sessions. Right. Like it's not just like that they were listening to driver's license on the way over to the studio. It's that we were playing it through the sessions. Right. right. You know, and you, and you start to see what's kind of like bubbling. Right. You know, what, if Fiona Apple is like referenced more than one time in, in, you know, in a week of sessions, that's gonna guide it. I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess we're, I guess people are really feeling Fiona Apple. Yeah, right. Like, let's let's learn, let's learn, learn about learn this. Better. I, I, think, I think the thing, you know, just to expand on it a little bit, I think the thing that I always try, it, it's kind of like take the note, not the suggestion. I get that a lot with references. Like people play me a reference, and I think a lot of producers are really good at doing sound alikes uh, and just recreating the reference, and that's it. Whereas I think for me, what I and I, I this is why I, I like to have people come up with a big playlist of references because I like to get a sense of like a vibe, like a vibe. Like yeah. it's, it's about the. It's not vibe. a sound. It's, it's a vibe. It's not a sound. It's a vibe. It's yeah. what's, it's, it's 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 not uh, okay. This song sounds like that, so let's make a song that sounds like that. It's like this song sounds like that, and you like it. Why do you like it? What do you like about it? Why do you like the things about it that make you feel? And something? you need more context for the like emotions that. of that type yeah. of well, feeling. The, the, exactly. okay. the same could be said for the songwriting. I right. mean, if if somebody says yeah. that they really really like Deja Vu, what I'm getting isn't necessarily let's write a song like Deja Vu. I mean, the chorus could even be a lower chorus. Like yeah. like I could write a song with a Deja Vu reference that doesn't go up on that on the chorus. Right. Yeah. What I'm what I'm getting is they like the soft sort of. Exactly. loud and angry dynamic exactly. they like really really de- detailed lyricism mm-hmm. which i love doing mm-hmm. so so then then when they're in the session i'm like okay so tell me those details where were you what did you eat like what did the place smell like yeah. what were you wearing like all of those little details that we can kind of play with and i'm not try- so we're not trying to write a song that sounds like deja vu we're trying yeah. to understand what they like about right. it right yeah you know Pausing the podcast to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to support the show. If you're enjoying this episode, but you're thinking that you've got a burning question for an artist, or you just want to talk with us, or maybe you just want to mug with our faces, our Patreon's the way to go. So go to patreon.com slash talking lion to subscribe. Now back to the show. Conversations exactly like this one and kind of getting an, uh, a direct look into, you know, what the life was like and the process of that. Similarly to how, you know, getting notes from me as an outside source, right, helped you guys me as just like a fan, like an, a stupid edgy fan of electronic music, whatever, like seeing that process directly and so, you know, intimately was very much what, you know, pulled me out of that sort of mindset. Mm. And I think, and and I think, and now that, you know, and conversations exactly like you guys just went off on still blow my mind. Like it still is so interesting to me. Well, you, but you also get to sort of see it in real time too. Like, do you remember that song Happy For? Like where we, where I literally like right. wrote a verse about, like the New Year's that you and I right. had, like, exactly. you know, with Luke t- together. Like, I, I think I think that like the big question that I kind of want to like ask you and kind of wrap on okay. is I'm I'm always looking at our life, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, but I'm always looking at our life of how are we going to tell these stories, you know? And f- for me, it's like, you know, when we hang out, like we're, we love telling stories. We love when we all hang out, like, 
talking about some of the crazy shit right. that we've done together and all that that whatnot like that's what hanging out has kind of turned into this, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, our stories together are so important right which is why we want to pack like the week that you're here with so, so much, much stuff, stuff to do right. just mm-hmm. so that we have like i think we could have a great time at home or we could do you know we can go to a bunch of movies and concerts and whatever but what we want is to tell the story of how we found the spooky bar exactly you know mm-hmm. we want to tell the you know tell the stories of like you know how we figured out that escape room exactly or about the picnics or like whatever like we are so about stories and for me that's creativity for me is like what i choose to focus on and how it we synthesize it that's my creativity my question to you is that like because what i you know your your profession is and vocation is there isn't necessarily a creative outlet right for you right like you know i'm i was i'm so impressed by the way with your work i told you i was jealous when we visited philly right yeah because for people who don't know like you you you're a civil engineer right yeah so, I, I work at a company we do the overhead power design for the city that i live in philly so at one point like you pointed to like uh an electrical pole and you're like oh i think i probably put that there yeah <laughs> and it was so cool to me because i'm like you know we've written hundreds of songs and you can stack all of those songs on top of each other and it would still be air. Right. You know? Yeah. And here I am looking at this like 10 foot thing, this 20 foot thing that you created and put there. So, so you know, you have this sort of like physical presence. I just, I remember just being like genuinely jealous right. of the physicality. Yeah. But my, my big question, I think it would be an interesting sort of wrapping Wrap space. Yep. My big question is what do you, what do you do with, your creative impulses. How do you feel creative? When do you feel creative? Have you ever thought about having a, a creative outlet or hobby or something like that? Well, you know? um, what makes us what makes us different when it comes to creativity? Us, Why do I have to make stuff and you don't? Exactly. So, so you know, I feel like my creativity, especially since you know, very much a like a STEM mind. You know, I'm an engineer. I went to school. Did the whole math thing. Whatever. My creativity comes just through, you know, getting people to solve a physical, like real world physical problem, mm-hmm. right? It, it doesn't, it, 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 um, you know, it's not so much turning my emotions into, you know, something that a bunch of people can, you know, vibe with. It's just kind of like putting a bunch of people's heads together and figuring out something. And I think there, there is a lot of creativity in that, even though we have like very structured, you know, ways to do things in, you know, the engineering world and construction in, you know, software engineering, all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of the reason that we, that uh, us as, you know, people in STEM are good at what we do is because our creativity outlet is figuring out how to solve a problem, which I know you wanted me to give you something that sounds different than what you do, but like no, that I was just thinking but, like but, we're but, all creative problems. But, 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 but the, the thing is, you, you, what you literally just explained. How do I get this vibe out of this playlist of songs, right, and make it something that a bunch of people like? And you know, is that much different than how do I get these people to draw up this design so that they get to turn their lights on in the morning? Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it it's a lot more nuanced in your case because I you, can, you can't give an equation that, that that has that happen because we were talking about perfect storms but like it, that's where the creativity is it's it's especially you know I don't do this but like especially Luke with software engineering stuff like that their entire job is we have a problem today and I have no idea what to do about it <laughs> but we need to do this thing and they sit there and they figure it out because they're creative and I disagree <laughs> that we we don't have an equation because uh you know 
you're not you're not trying to light the entirety of the city on one right. job in the same way that like we're not necessarily the perfect storm. We're only a part of because they've got their team and their mm-hmm. budgets and all that, uh, you know, and all that stuff and their TikTok and all that. So I one of the things that that we are our job and really the scope of our job is to write a song that they want to put out. That is the beginning, middle, and end of our job. Right. It doesn't, it's not necessarily to write a hit because that's not in our court Mm -hmm. because we can't make the perfect storm. We could write the greatest song you've ever heard for somebody who has two listeners and we're not going to necessarily be able to change, and and hates posting on Instagram and TikTok. Right, exactly. We're not going to change that. Mm -hmm. You know, what what we can do is get an understanding for for their references. Mm -hmm in for what they're vibing with and what excites them, understand the energy that they're having in the room, how to maintain that energy when they leave the room through sending updated demos and, Mm -hmm. you know, and being on it. And then when you're writing, writing stuff about personal experiences or just that feel good enough to them to want to share that they would be genuinely upset. Like we have songs that we're upset aren't out. Yeah. Like that we have written and it just, you know, it didn't make sense to put them out, but different plans is a record of songs that we loved and we weren't going to put out. And then we realized right. we had to. Right. So can we give that feeling exactly. that experience to somebody else? So our job isn't to make a hit. Our job is to get an artist to put out a song. And to that end, we have that down to a science, right? Yeah. Like to that end, exactly. like we, yeah. And does that mean that we succeed every day? No, because sometimes we're tired sometimes. But I'm know. sure that's true in your case too. Like, right. you, no, yeah, you, exactly. you can follow everything to the letter and you might still, no, especially, of course. especially in like software engineering, I'm sure yeah. like there's so much stuff you could write out what seems like the perfect code and you could run into a it, bug. It's all just pulling your past experiences from doing anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. It's like basically just like your knowledge bank, whatever you're experiencing. And, and the thing is, there's also the whole human element of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you guys can do write the best song, whatever. You can't deal with a personality that you're writing with, or you can't get the best work out of someone that you're working with. I mean, and, and you and could be crushing. You could be exactly. crushing what you're doing, and your contractor could just like not be returning exactly. your calls. If I, yeah. if, I, if I don't know how to get the best work out of someone, we can't solve the problem correctly. Mm-hmm. It's this. It's like it's kind of similar in that way. Yeah. How many How many times has you know a session went off the rails, or you stopped writing with someone, or a song didn't work? Not just you guys, but like people that you know because you met and you couldn't solve what you were trying to do. You You could have everybody doing their best job and just having certain things not gel. Right, exactly. And the creative problem solving is sometimes even knowing how to remove yourself from a a situation. And I want to go on record and say that, that, and I know you guys have been refuting when I say this, but I do want to go out on record and say that it is a lot more nuanced when it comes to what you guys do. And I think that's the reason why you guys when you figure something out, your sky's the limit is like making millions of dollars no, or something. And why I have and why have I have a yearly salary for no, right. but, but it's also why they're not so trusting like, us with lighting yeah. somebody's home. Exactly. Very low floor, very high ceiling. Exactly. Yeah, if, if the variance in what we're doing is the difference between somebody having We can't have a low floor or else exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, but it's part of why I have a salary and you guys can make millions of dollars off of doing something on this couch you know what sure. i mean sure yeah. no, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah but but it's also very much why we are not responsible for anything exactly. you know? like like sh- sure we will create value systems for anybody yeah, right. but like if the variance of our cuz i mean it's all poker and it's Ex- all variance exactly. but you, like like i'm okay with the fact that like there is more nuance which means that there's more chance for variance or right. good luck bad luck 
tricky personalities mm-hmm. or specific personalities. Right. I think so that could cause a, mo- a more of a problem in your world than it can in Right. So long, so long as we are not making sure that people have heat, right. yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. in, the, in the winter, you know, right. exactly. like, if, like you're, you, you very intentionally should have a low variance situation so that nobody <laughs> can lose have... their power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that would be an issue. <laughs> but it is so funny too yeah. that like, I feel like every time I visit Philly, I'm like, so insecure because I'm around all these like nine to fivers who like know what they're doing every day and like know right. how much they're making and like know. And I remember our friend was really, our friend Jake was really, really drunk and I expressed this insecurity to, to him and he's just like, no man, we're like in the shit, but you're like, you're the shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> and, uh, but, but similarly, like I feel like when you guys come from we're like tourist attractions. Yeah, when you guys when you guys come from <laughs> Philly, like it's like, it's like you know LA. you bring us around to your uh, to, to people and it's like it's what do you do. And you guys like, are like there's this many people eating breakfast at twelve on a Monday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, I mean, my body's been waking me up at six in the morning. Like I, I like I'm ready for work at nine a.m. You know what I mean? And and we can just lazily get up and go get go get you know go get food at eleven a.m. But like at the same time on a Saturday at you know eight p.m. You guys are working yeah. extremely, yeah. extremely hard in what you need to do. And, I, and and we were talking about how there's there's kind of like the the benefits and the the disadvantages and the advantages of it. Like you're on vacation right now. Yeah, I'm on like, vacation right now. I, like, I, don't, I haven't looked at a single thing that has to do with work in I in blocked off this week and you, you, you still- You blocked off this week and you're still working. I'm yeah. still working. Yeah. I'm, I'm going back home to Italy and I will still be on the computer doing work well, even, well, even on exactly. vacation. Because a lot, because the thing is a lot of like it, it, in a nine to five world, like I have- what I make, and that is what I'm going to do for the year. You guys, sure, you can block off a week, right? But that is how many ever missed opportunities, right? And that's where the money comes from. Yeah, it's it's that opportunity. It's the opportunities that you need. If you you can't just like miss those, you can't just take a day off and from we don't, we don't from know. missing those opportunities, and, and and that is exhausting in and of itself. Yeah, all the doing, being, you know, having to have that part of your brain on all the and time. We have more consistency yeah. than most. Right, yeah. because of some of the work that we do. Right, but also like, yeah, I could get five films this month and then nothing for a year and a half. You know, and and which has happened. Which before. is why like people like us like to be like, oh, you guys didn't do anything today because you didn't technically do anything today. You sat at home and whatever, but like you were at all times ready for to, something, for happen. something, and, and which, which is inherently saying. exhausting. It goes back to what I'm saying about luck yeah, too. Yeah. Is that like. I'm not like I'm on Instagram constantly. Right. Like when we're hanging out or like whatever, I'm on my phone. But that's because I am looking. I Being look online is a lot more deliberate. Yeah. I look through stories not to like you know be like oh you know what's our so and so from high school doing or whatever, but because somebody could be. I mean, people put job offers on their Instagram stories. Right. People, you know, I find like really cool artists early mm-hmm. to have on the podcast to collaborate with exactly. from scrolling on TikTok. And so, you know, for me, there's almost an anxiety of not doing it. Cause I'm like, how many missed opportunities did I have? Exactly. Cause I went to bed at, at 12 as opposed to one yeah. and, you know, scrolling through TikTok. And that's something that I've like moved past a little bit. But with that said, like, it's never, it, it's never off. Like we could be at the beach, you and I, and I can open up my phone. Right. And the first TikTok is like, an artist we should be hitting up right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and that has happened. Which I mean, is which is why people can say like they're jealous of, you know, having, you know, a, a paycheck all they want, which yes, I do completely understand the agency in that, but like that level of anxiety for being for missing a 
like a post on the on scrolling through your phone it's just not a level of anxiety i ever want in my life so i'm, I'm okay <laughs> yeah. doing what i'm doing <laughs> you know? but the thing is is that you know is that it's actually lottery tickets right like we are the way that i see it is that every time we like reach out to somebody or every time we take on a project we are we are doing a scratch off and i think we are now kind of like good enough Better, actually, better analogy is it's a poker tournament. Mm, right. And we are good enough, I think, at this point to always be in the money. Right. Yeah. Like, I think we're always good enough where if we... Rent is going to be paid. Food rent is going to be on the paid. table. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I yeah. think that, that whenever we work on a project, we are at the point now where that lottery ticket at least, like that, yeah. that you know, that bullet is what it's called in poker, will at least, like, pay for itself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I spend three hours scrolling through Instagram in a week... we will most likely get something worth at least three hours worth of work. Right. With that said, any one of those tickets could be you win first place at the poker tournament and then you don't have to work for a year or two. And that's kind of what we play at. It's it's sort of the same way when like people feel like they're at a dead end job forever long. Like, you know, my first job, right? I reach a point where my skill set is too good for what I'm doing. Right. I need to be doing something more like in your lottery ticket kind of metaphor here, it's like lottery ticket was don't struggle, pay the rent. You've, you've done that. You've protected your craft. You have a thing. You work with a bunch of people. Your lottery ticket now is the moon. Right. right. That's the next step. Well, and that's, th- you and become th- good enough for that. Right. And that is what, that is, that's your next step. Like that's where you want to go next. And that's where you deserve to go next. Yeah. I think for all my insecurities, yeah. the reason I could never do a nine to five is because the thing that, that, that I need in my life right. is to know that if I have a good idea, because I'm never, again, what you were saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm never, sh- it's never shutting off. Right. right. I need to know that if I have a phenomenal idea at 3 a.m., that that could mean something. Right. That, exactly. that, that that could like be valuable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, that, that if I'm paying attention to the right things, that it could be a podcast, yeah. you know, that makes money through its Patreon followers. Please follow us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or it could be, you know, uh, that, oh, that groove and and actually that that song that we right. didn't think couldn't work together. And then that song gets 200,000 streams and pays the bills. Like, I love this idea that everything that I do right. matters. And on, on my toughest days, it's exhausting because I feel like, you know, I feel like it never shuts off, that I yeah. can never take a break, that I'm never allowed a vacation. Or it doesn't have a payoff, en- or, enough of a payoff. Or, like, yeah, or that, right. like, I'm really spinning my wheels and I'm having all these ideas, exactly. but can't execute them or they're not making any, you know, value or right. helping anybody, whatever. But on, the, on my best days and whenever I'm like, oh, should I do the nine to five thing? It's like, I can't. I just can't because well, I need It's to very know- important to have an outlet for that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you, you guys don't, like, your brains don't, remotely work in the same way that other people do and the people that you work with like you guys need a profession that where you can have that at 3 a.m yeah and it could be the next thing you know what i mean the it's important not, to have that outlet i'll take the risk of my ideas don't make money or the risk of i, I might not have an idea right or for a, a month or something and that that would would suck i'll take that risk if it if the reward means one one good idea in traffic could make a difference right yeah. which it has exactly you know what i mean exactly. so like that's where the sort of balance is exactly. but that's i think why i need a friend to keep me keep me yeah like keep me sane right and which is why i said it's important to have somebody people, to keep like, you on people track. like that and, and i i would urge you know anyone that also 
it's, you know, office life type person to, I'm sure you all have someone creative in your life, but like you, you should be friends with someone that's all, you know, that doesn't yeah. just, you know, your entire friend group shouldn't just be people that like, you know, get on the, get on the subway every day, go to work, go home. Cause we're all problems. Yeah, exactly. So we all learn it, it, from it, each it's, other. It's, and, yeah, yeah. It's all important to have incredibly different, you know, dynamics in your life. But yeah. Do you have any like last questions about the industry or about like what we do or I, th- I think we covered. I, I think, think we, we covered, covered a good, we, good amount. Good of stuff. amount. I think we, I think that the conversation went went pretty good places. Um. You, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, with that, David, I'm just so happy to like. Yeah. Have no, you. that was this was this oh was like, like more I, fun. <laughs> this was more fun than 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 we, I thought than it was we anticipated. Be exact, we anticipated for, for we, we anticipated years. talking for 20 minutes. Yeah. We yeah. talked for what an hour. Oh no, I'm saying like yeah. we anticipated. We thought it'd be good when we were like exactly on the show two years ago. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think and I think it's cool that it took this long because that conversation that we had before about you know where my head is at in music industry and where you guys are at in the music industry, I think would have been a lot different two years ago. I think so yeah. too. So like, yeah, yeah. So, so I think talking now was, was better. Yeah, if we, if we had you on when we were talking like, I feel about like I would have made a lot more yeah. enemies listening to your podcast. If we talked, <laughs> if we talked two years ago. Yeah. Then when you were like, I, two years ago, you're like, I want to come to the podcast and I want to shit on this yeah, and that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think what we've all kind of like learned, right. You know, at, at 25 is that everybody's just, Oh, everybody's doing the same thing. Everyone's doing the same thing. Exactly. And yeah. we're all in the ocean. Yeah. Right. You know, and so that's just like how, how it all and, goes. And the thing is, and it hasn't become, like, we're all struggling now. Yeah. It, it, it's become normal for everyone our age to just be perpetually struggling. To hustle. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh, God, hustle culture. Um, I know. But we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Right. I, as like a living human being, probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Every, I can trace like right. all the good things in my life to the hundreds of phone calls that I've had with you and with Luke to the the hundreds and, and thousands of hours we've spent talking about life, venting, getting shit off of our chest. I mean, we're about to name our record most improved, partially in my brain <laughs> after the fact that I got most improved in mathematics right. thanks to you yeah. literally tutoring us, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> like yeah. doing a crash course at the end of the year. I mean, I love you, man. Like, you're, yeah. my, you're my brother. And like, we named the band after of you. Course. Like, it's been so nice, even on the days where this does feel lonely or challenging, just yeah. to look at, at our name. Yeah, exactly. And know mm-hmm. that like, there's so much friendship in this project. Oh, yeah. And, and I love you too. And I really appreciate that. Because like, and, and imagine what it must feel like to me to see, you know, a name of an artist that my name inspired. <laughs> Not only that, then to listen to the song and have the lyrics be basically from a room that I was in, a story that I was a part of in the room that I was in. Yeah. Or a line that I said or something like that. It's 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 a profound experience that that it it's it's um it's rare and it's awesome. But well, yeah. I I'm I'm gonna know you my whole life. So yeah. we'll 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 uh, look back on this after episode uh 40 of you right <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have you we'll right. have you on we'll check in how we're feeling every exactly. couple couple of years exactly. but it just it's nice to finally have you here yeah and, it, and thank you so much i think it was here. great and i think it went yeah and, and yeah, thanks for having me no of course nate really really great and uh i'm gonna enjoy my vacation for the next couple <laughs> days here
Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Lion. We would like to thank New Wave and Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talking lion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.